Has the expression, the customer is always right, sort of bothered you? <laughs> Hi, this is Shannon Waller, and welcome to the Inside Strategic Coach Podcast with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you have a completely different way of thinking about this particular topic, and you said something recently which really struck home with me, and I know it was relevant for you. It's something you've been thinking about for a while. And what you've decided that if it's the right audience, the audience is always right. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, first of all, the statement that I always rebelled against was that the customer is king because there can only be one king and everybody else is a servant or a subject of the king, okay? And I'm not a servant and I'm not a subject. And that's just who I am. And I don't have kings in my life. I don't have monarchs in my life. I understand the principle, and I live a lot of the time during the year in Canada, and on our currency, the Queen of England is prominently featured on some of the bills. I think it's neat. You know, I think the monarchy is neat. I've really spent a lot of time reading the history of the British monarch, especially over the last hundred years, and I think it's a really neat thing that the British have. But... It wouldn't really matter to me whether somewhere in the politics of the country I live in, the queen figures prominently. That doesn't bother me at all. But in terms of my day-to-day life and in terms of my interaction with customers and clients in the marketplace, I do not think about them of being king and always being right. The way I see my entrepreneurial clients who are in my strategic coach workshops, which is about 500, I have about 500 at the present level of where I am, is that the best of them are my partners, okay? Not all of them are my partners, but the best of them are my partners. And what I'm looking for is to constantly increase the number of clients that I'm coaching to the point that these are the only types of clients I have who are creative partners with me. And what I mean by that is that they're bringing in their ambitions into the workshop, they're bringing their skills into the workshop, and I'm bringing a long structure and process that's been developed personally for 45 years and organizationally for 30 years. And I want to see how combining what we've created in our growth and what they've created in their growth, how we can put these together to create entirely new ideas, new concepts, new thinking tools, new thinking structures and processes. So all the concepts, and I create basically a new workshop every 90 days and have, you know, approaching 30 years right now, it'll be in November of this particular year, it'll be every quarter, that'll be 120 quarters, I've created a workshop that's at least 50% new material. And where does this material come from? It comes from a partnership that I have in every one of my workshops where I put out certain ideas, just perhaps writing it down on a whiteboard smart board. I use a thing called a smart board. And I'll write down an idea. And I said, what do you think about this idea? Does this resonate with you at all? And I said, let's talk about some thoughts that come off of this thought. And they do that. And I'll see if the idea which I've come up with, oftentimes from a previous workshop, and I say, is this a foundation for something that's really going to be useful to everybody in the room? And then I'll work with them. And then maybe the next workshop, if 
if it goes really well in the first workshop, I'll create a little thinking structure, you know, a little form that they can just do in their workshop notes, and I'll just play with it. And if it keeps going, and I have about 10 workshops to work with in a quarter, by workshop five, if this idea has gotten stronger, then this is going to be a major, major concept in the program. But if I'm not getting the creative partnership with the clients and they're not taking to it, it's dead. You know, it's an interesting thought, but I'll know about that probably within the first half hour of conversation around the idea. So here's the thing. Just thinking on my own, the best I can be is 50% with a new idea. Okay, I have a lot of experience in creating concepts and tools, but the best that this can get me with a new idea is to the 50% line. The other 50% has to come from the creative response of the clients who are in the workshop. So I have the 10 times the ambition program, and I also have a new program called the Game Changer program, and everybody in the Game Changer program, one of the criteria that got them is that they're tremendous creative partners when new ideas are being discussed. They have a lot of thoughts about this, they have a lot of input, they have examples, and they love the activity of creating new strategic coach ideas. Mm-hmm. As another coach, it's such a relief to recognize that your audience, the clients, are your partners in this. Because I think one of the big issues, and this is true for anyone who delivers content of any kind, is like, oh my gosh, did I get it right? And you're talking about sometimes before a workshop, a new workshop, you're, <laughs> it's hard to sleep a little bit, both from excitement and whatever else. And recognizing that it's a co-created experience, mm-hmm. which I think the most fulfilling experiences for all of us in business mm-hmm. are those ones that are co-created. So I know I go in so calm now, because I've had this thinking structure, that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what they have to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to, I have to have all the answers, which is incredibly stressful. And how can we know what 25 or 30 or 50, in your case, people are thinking? You can't. So it's an amazing framework to go into thinking, okay, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the right audience, their input's going to be incredibly valuable and help me develop this idea. And if not, I'll know really quickly and come up with something else. Yeah. So there's two parts to the way we got started with this. The first one is that I mentioned that I reject the notion that the customer is king. They're not king. And they don't see themselves as kings. You know, What they're looking for is creativity because it helps them. Mm-hmm. And as they see me, how I create new concepts in their workshop, they more and more utilize their best customers and clients to create the ideas and the new structures, processes, in some cases products, in some cases services, mm-hmm. that they are developing inside of their own business. So I'm role modeling how they can be just perpetually and increasingly creative in their own entrepreneurial career. We're doing this in this workshop, but they have their own, in quotation, workshops. Uh And every time they meet with customers and clients, they should turn it into a creativity workshop. Uh And hands down, if I get every one of our top entrepreneurs and strategic coach to identify who their favorite all-time customers and clients are, they all have this quality of being creative partners. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the points I want to really draw out here is it's the right audience 
is always yeah. right. And there's a big difference between the wrong audience because we've all given presentations somewhere in our careers where it fell flat. You thought something was brilliant and they didn't agree. <laughs> that's no. happened to me. That's happened to you. So it's interesting. And I think instead of trashing our ideas, sometimes we have to think, okay, well, is it the right audience or not? Can you talk a little bit to that? Because that's a key thing and actually part of one of our upcoming quarterly books. Yeah, well, the thing about it, let's examine the word right, because we've taken care of monarch. So let's examine the word right. And it's right for me. Mm-hmm. The right audience is right for me. In other words, I'm looking for an audience where I'm just exploring a new idea, and the way they respond to me is really right for me because they're supplying the other 50%. I can't develop the idea unless I get their input. And the best of the strategic coach entrepreneurs, you know, they're right in the pool with me. <laughs> you know, when I bring up the idea, they say, oh, that's really great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'll try to get as many people involved, and I'll ask questions about what people have said. And, you know, I have enough graphic capability that I can sketch out using arrows and circles and boxes and stars that I can actually give a graphic picture of how this idea actually works. And it's beautiful. And they're so excited. What I find is when we're in that process of actually creating a new idea, and it really goes somewhere, okay? I have to tell you, my greatest skill is I know now within about five, 10 minutes that this has got life to it or, you know, nice try. But usually if the idea I put up there the first time is not exactly resonating with them, the conversation will actually uncover a much more resonant topic. So here it is. I've been saved enormous number of hours on my own trying to develop an idea. Within 10 minutes, I know, not quite right, but there's something that's come out in the conversation that's even better. And everybody in the room knows. So I'll say, oh, man, that, wow, that was an insight. And I says, great. It's mine now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a different mindset than I have to have the idea. If they don't like it. It's got to be packaged perfectly. Right. You know, and I have to do a lot of research on this. The only research I need is the people who would be in the position to buy it. Well, one of your expressions for decades now has been always and only test on check writers. Yeah, yeah. That's where you want to get feedback from because if they don't like it, kill it. And if they love it, good, (laughs) develop it. Yeah, and I think that there's a transformation that's happened in me, Mm. okay, since I first started coaching. And I'm just going to put two thoughts together here, ego and capability. I find that most people who are idea creators They have a sense, well, I am totally sold on this idea, and now I'm going to get people to accept this idea out there. And that's not capability talking, that's ego talking. Ooh, good And what I've noticed is I've gotten more and more skillful of using the input from each of my strategic coach workshops. And, I mean, you got to, at some point, just tell the truth about who is showing up at these workshops. And these are just really uniquely creative, uniquely optimistic, uniquely experienced, skillful people. Energetic. And I said, what a resource I have 
that I can test an idea on them. And I have to tell you, there are people who don't write checks for any ideas which they can see immediately personally useful. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs and especially my clients, the very fact that they're writing a check for this experience. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you when you're wasting their time. They'll tell you when this is not relating to me at all. And to test your ideas on anyone who's not writing a check, it gives you no meaning. Is there anything real about this? You know, And I've seen entrepreneurs who are so frustrated. They're very creative people, but they're very frustrated. But they want to test on everybody in the world that they know before they actually take it in and test it on somebody who could actually write a check. So their friends, their spouse, the team. Their neighbors. <laughs> the other people who hang out with them, their social network. They test the idea on all these people, and they get any amount of different kind of feedback, but none of it has to do with someone who says, this is such a good idea, and I can take this, and I can use it during the next 90 days, and you just paid for this workshop. This idea just pays for this workshop. This pays for the fact you know, that I've traveled, I'm using up three days to come and see you for one day. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, this new idea makes the whole trip worthwhile, makes the check I've written for the whole year. And I'm listening for that feedback. I'm listening for that feedback, you know. I say the most brilliant idea in the world, if nobody wants to pay for it, is a really bad idea. <laughs> The idea that you think is a bad idea and people get excited about and write a check for it, that's a really good idea. <laughs> I love it. Well, and again, it's willing to focus on the capability and the contribution rather than your ego about it that makes a difference. Dan, earlier today, you talked about another transformation that's happened with you out of this, and that was your ability to take a compliment. Can you talk about that? Because when people tell you, oh, that really made a difference you're kind of willing to believe them now. Well, again, go back to the phrase, if it's the right audience, the audience is always right. In other words, I'm at a level now after 45 years of coaching myself and 30 years of our organization that gradually the entrepreneurs who are in my workshops are first-class individuals, okay? So any feedback I get from my strategic coach entrepreneurs is real stuff. And they say, I just want to tell you, this has made a crucial difference. And I don't second guess anything they say, this is making a crucial difference. And I just take it fully. I had one guy who fought me. It's very, very interesting. And he'll know who I'm talking about when he <laughs> listens to this. But for the first four or five years in the program, he just scowled, and sometimes he'd get up halfway through the morning, he'd disappear, and he'd come back halfway through the afternoon. And he said, I was so disgusted by the first two hours that he said, I decided to fly back home, but I couldn't get any flights that really worked. So I said, well, I paid for the workshop. I might as well go back and see if it got any better during the course of the day. And, uh, you know, you'd sit there like this. And the most resistant clients I've discovered in my workshops are the ones who, who are sitting closest in the back of the room to the door to leave. <laughs> you know, and I think other speakers probably have this experience that, you know, you can tell the ones they're not buying in. But he stuck with it 
And this has been about 10, 11 years now. And for about three years now, he makes sure he gets the seat that's closest to me. Okay, and we chat, and he wants to chat with me all through the day. You know, when other people are working, he says, I just want to ask you a question about something. So he's just completely bought into what happens to him when he comes to his workshop. But one day he told me, he said, I just want to tell you something. The three most important people in my life are my wife, my child, my son, and you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm number three? And he said, yeah. I said, any chance of moving up? He says, be happy with what you got. He says, says, be happy. He says, you're number three. Nobody else is number three. And I said, why is that? He says, I do totally different kind of thinking when I'm with you. And he said, your ideas really get me to think about my thinking. I said, well, that's a phenomenal compliment. I just want to tell you that that's a incredible reward for me and I feel it deeply because uh-huh, uh-huh. I know the journey he's gone through since he came into the program and I know that I was skillful not to allow that to create negativity or animosity I knew he was struggling I mean you don't keep coming back to something that you totally dislike for five years without some sort of transformation going on exactly. since it's your check it's your trip it's your time And I knew he was really struggling with some things, you know. And I said, I'm just going to hold the space here, and Mm -hmm. he'll come by. But it's really interesting. That's fascinating. So, Dan, how can people take action on this idea that if it's the right audience, the audience is always right? What are some really practical things that people can do as soon as they finish listening today and put this into play? The easiest thing to do is write down your idea if you're just meeting with one person who's actually one of your clients and just write this idea down and leave enough room on the paper to write down their thoughts when it comes back and say, I've got this idea and I just want to bounce it off you. This has a lot of meaning for me. I just wondered if it has the same kind of meaning for you. And they'll say, well, can you give me a little bit of context for where this idea came from. And they say, well, I can really see where you're going there. Yeah, that, you know, not exactly this, but this reminds me of such and such. And I said, oh, that's really interesting. So I write their idea down here. And gradually, over about a half hour, an hour, I said, do you think this would be a concept that would work for other people? He said, well, I think you'd have to really clean it up. I think, you know, you have to take it now and put it into some sort of process where I can write down my experience and then see the difference between what this thought would do and other things. But I said, do you mind if I go away and I actually clean this up and check it with you? And he said, oh, I'd love it. He said, I'd really love it. The second time we get back together, the idea has already worked in his mind. So he's actually taking the idea and he's actually working with it. And he comes back. He says, I'll tell you something. There's three things that I really thought of in relationship to your idea. And this is a partnership going on. Well, I love that. And I love the no ego part of it. (laughs) I think that's very powerful. And it's interesting. The other part about this whole conversation to me is that we love contributing to the development of other people's ideas. You know, when we get to be that sounding board, when we get to contribute our thinking, rather than having someone go back and spend hours and days and weeks and months and research and packaging, and if we don't love it, then it's our fault. You know, to actually be part of that development process is incredibly rewarding. 
So I, I think one of my takeaways from this conversation is like people really enjoy the process of co-creation of ideas and processes and systems and deliverables. So the more we include our right mm -hmm. fit audience in this, the better it will be, the higher the buy-in, marketing people know this, and I think the more successful overall will be, and your creativity never has to end. This is a lifelong process. No, it gets stronger, and your who you use as partners keeps getting bigger and better. They become quicker. They can, first of all, to a certain extent, the process of including them as partners actually trains them to be even better partners mm -hmm. as you go along and that immediately goes out into their world of how they're interacting with the clients and customers that they have and you know i just want to go back to that ego capability the reason why people have huge egos when they introduce new ideas because they know they don't have the capability to deal with the feedback if somebody sees it differently. Ooh. And so they try to overpower the situation, you know, with research, with glitzy packaging. They try to overpower the situation. The reason is they're lacking total confidence that they can actually respond to feedback. The more you find out that responding to the feedback is the entire capability that you need, you don't need any ego. Mm, I love every second of that, Dan. Thank you. I'm excited for people to be clear about who the right fit audience is and then to really take whatever feedback that is to help them better develop their ideas, to really appreciate how they're being useful and contributing to other people. I think this is a, a much higher elevated way of looking at our audiences. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon.